Now, David Lynch has had one of the most interesting careers in Hollywood history. He arrived with A Razorhead, one of the most challenging and obtuse movies in history. It remains so. And followed it up with a, a bizarrely successful mainstream effort, the black and white interpretation of The Elephant Man, uh, which was a hugely lauded film and um, kind of set him on the way to becoming a, a Hollywood director, of all things. And um, his follow-up was Dune, which had been uh, a, a, a project of love for Alejandro... Do- what's his name? Dodoreski? Dodoreski? Um, an incredible director who's sadly not been used as much as he wanted, but he could never get it made. And the, the result was a total misfire, um, a very, very expensive flop. And from then on, he, he so he kind of delved into what would become his raison d'etre, which was the famed white picket fence and the sort of grubs that lay behind it, the, uh, the intersects below the surface of American society behind these sort of idyllic American communities and the darkness behind it would sort of occupy him to this day, really. And he came back with Blue Velvet, his, uh, up until that stage, his masterpiece, a fantastic film. He won the Pandor with the misfire Wild at Heart, but then he returned to the White Picket Fences in 1990 with a TV series. At that point, he was one of the few Hollywood directors to turn to TV after making a number of substantial movies. The result was Twin Peaks. It became a cause celeb on release. It was... Uh, it wasn't just a TV show, it was a phenomenon. Uh, it infected all walks of life. A lot of people said that it was one of the first water cooler shows um, where people talked about it the next day and it ended up getting rewatched and rewatched. And every time they repeated episodes, more people tuned in. And it was a fabulous TV program. It, it followed the death of Laura Palmer, who was found floating down the river wrapped in plastic in the famed opening sequence. And a, a very dark underworld, the, the lovely idyllic town, a small country town of Twin Peaks in the mountains near the Canadian border, had this incredibly dark underbelly. And it also uh, threw in surrealism, uh, humour, both hum- humoric uh, surrealism in regards to a lot of the, the um, funny catchphrases and stuff that went on. And also surrealism by the introduction of supernatural elements as well, which proved much more challenging for viewers. And the whole world wanted to know who killed Laura Palmer. Um, the series in the end ended up uh, reaching a second series and petering out um, after they revealed who killed Laura Palmer. And the, and the whole thing sort of lost a lot of its momentum. But those last, the last sort of episodes after that weren't the same quality. It was a watershed in TV history, uh, not just for the content, which was often quite challenging for a, for a mainstream show, very odd and very interesting at the same time. But it was also a watershed for the production values of television. It had film instead of uh, video, which was used throughout the 80s. And you can just see this line in the sand. And the shows that followed, X-Files, all those shows had movie production budgets their sounds their soundtracks their cinematography everything about tv suddenly went up and you can draw a direct line from twin peaks to the golden era of television of the sopranos breaking bad all of those shows and it was announced that he was rebooting the series which sounded like a terrible terrible idea with much of the original cast and becoming involved himself again and I will be reviewing 
after something of an appetite wetter from the greatest sound. Well, that uh, initial TV series focused on some relatable tropes of a detective story in a small town, which um, were familiar, but the treatment of it was very, very unusual and original. And though it died, it was uh, followed up by Fire Walk With Me, which was a, a film prequel, which was, um, an, it was a bit of a flop, it must be said, and another great soundtrack album. And since then, David Lynch has had a, a very interesting career. A lot of misfires in there, like Lost Highway, which is terrible. Mulholland Drive, uh, it's got its detractors. It recently won a poll of best film released so far this century. I think it's an incredible, I think it's a masterpiece, and I think it's the best thing that he's ever done. But perhaps other than the first series and a half of Twin Peaks, He's returned as director and writer again with Mark Frost. They spent years putting this together and it debuted a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago, with four episodes on um, Showtime. I think it's on Stan over here. And they're up to episode eight. I'm up to episode five now. It's 18 hours long. Now, that might not sound a lot for a TV show, um, given you know episodic nature of TV shows. This is not. This is a linear story. This is a religiously linear story moving forward. Um, the it's a, it's a shocking program. It really is. Uh, the original we left Agent Cooper in this netherworld, where he had been transported into this sort of um, other dimension, basically, and uh, a murderer called I think it was Killer Bob had assumed his uh, physical form and come back to Earth. And that's where this starts. It actually starts from the end of the second series of Twin Peaks, with Agent Cooper still stuck with the dancing man in this weird red curtain netherworld. And um, on Earth, Killer Bob in Agent Cooper's form, uh, played by Carl McCock and both of them, obviously, uh, is running amok. And it's um, perhaps the most difficult to describe show of the 21st century. Um, the, I'm so happy that he's taken the chances that he has with this because he hasn't followed up on Twin Peaks really at all. I'm five episodes in and we've hardly touched the town of Twin Peaks and there's hardly any elements of the um, coffee-drinking, pie-eating, happy-go-lucky Twin Peaks that was so often a pleasure to watch. This is a far darker beast entirely. Um it's one of the most challenging i think it's definitely the most challenging tv show to have come out this year it makes zero concessions to the viewer david lynch has stuck to his guns a hundred percent on this he has offered nothing there are no crumbs at all there's no concession to any passing viewer you have to invest in this big time um the if uh, Twin Peaks' the original one sort of devolved towards the end of Series 2 into focusing more on the supernatural elements um, than it did onto the, you know, the happy-go-lucky local sheriff and the, the murder that they were investigating, this one goes hell for leather past that, and it's incredibly focused on these very, very strange supernatural elements, but it's not quite hokey like it got a little bit hokey towards the end of the second series this is not this is a, a bleak challenging harrowing often upsetting and offensive tv program it's much more r-rated than the original um 
it's much more surreal than the original. It doesn't really give you a lot to grasp onto. In fact, I would re- recommend binge-watching because it's got such a vast story arc which involves so many different elements and very, very long sequences that there may only be a couple of story arcs focused on in each hour-long episode that you might go three or four episodes without referencing back to something else that's happened, which can make it difficult to follow. But as with the original, you can just lose yourself in the individual moments. Here, it's not been pleasant ride so far, up to, seri- uh, up to episode five. And we're just touching down in Twin Peaks with the Sheriff's Department by the end of um, episode four. For the first time, it's actually sort of shown Twin Peaks at all. And it's like there's about five or six main story arcs that are all converging. But the things that surprised me is it's a very linear story. It's not all over the place. It's actually, it follows very a, a very forward path on each storyline. There's only flashbacks for sort of effect every now and again, but most of it is is working towards something. And that something is 18 hours long. Um, and I'm still lost. But it makes sense. If you follow it, it does make sense what's going on, even though it seems the most obtuse, elliptical TV show that's ever been made. The cast is jaw-dropping. It really is. I'll read out some of the names involved. Monica Bellucci, Sky Ferreira, the singer, uh, Tim Roth, Eddie Vedder, Robert Forster, the excellent actor from uh, Jackie Brown, uh, Sherilyn Fenn and Major Amick return. Russ Tambin's in it. Harry Dean Stanton's in it. Gabrielle Zabreski. Michael Serrato's up in the weirdest role I've ever seen on TV. Ashley Judd. Laura Dern. David Duchovny. Naomi Watts. Tom Sizemore. Jim Belushi. There is literally... There's probably like 150 cast members in this story. Uh, and it follows a, a lot of very, very weird supernatural elements. Uh, the opening sort of 20 minutes of episode three is the most challengingly weird film or TV I've seen. It's shot in an amazingly jarring and weird way where everything sort of happens in a... It's not like normal human movement. None of it makes literal sense in any way. It's just bizarre regaling you with the plot is it would be uh, a bit pretty ludicrous but it does it, it broadly follows this plot agent cooper is trying to come back down to earth from this place where he's trapped his doppelganger is on earth and is causing a hell of a lot of mischief he's been now picked up by the police who think because of his face that he's agent cooper um Colin McLaughlin's already played about four different roles in this film, very different ones, including the main him as Agent Cooper and the main doppelganger. Um, I think he'll be up for some awards with this because he's given four challenging performances already. Um, Did I like it? I loved it. I think it's the best TV show I've seen this year. I said Okja was uh, very, very ambitious but had flaws. I don't think this has flaws. I just don't think it cares to um, extend the olive branch to the viewer at all. It's just following its own path. You could talk about it endlessly, but I'm not going to because it's just pointless because there's so much to it already and I'm five hours in. Um, A lot of the imagery is shocking. Uh, Some of it's very offensive. The last episode ended with this um, threatened sexual violence in a bar towards a woman that was appalling. 
Uh, and there are other sequences that are just the weirdest I've ever seen. I mean, even um, David Lynch turns up as one of the FBI agents and it's alluded that he's a massive sexist pig. And there are all these sort of side elements to it that are just fascinating. Um, I think it's the best TV show I've seen this year or put seven out of ten viewers off casually watching it. But I think it's amazing. So I'm going to give Twin Peaks nine out of ten. And uh, I'll update that once I've got through uh, the remaining 13 hours of, of where it's going to go. And I still don't really know, but it's going to be Agent Cooper coming together to fight his doppelganger in Twin Peaks, I'm guessing. Excellent stuff. Nine out of ten. Well done, David Lynch, for not... I don't know anyone that's ever got anything of this substantial size to TV in a major way ever. It's the most challenging TV show, I think, that's been, mainstream TV show, if you can call it that, that's ever been made.